Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Today, I will be reading from um, Mark 5, 21 through 23. The book of St. Mark 5, 21 through 23. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 23, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Based on what I have read for you today, I will talk to you from this subject. I need to be connected to strong believers. And we know Pastor Dobbs ministered that word unto us. But I would use as a subtopic today, a shepherd must be strong for the work ahead. A shepherd must be strong for the work ahead. So, we know that we should want to be collect, connected to someone who is strong. And we know that strong means powerful, secure, secure well built. So we want to be connected to someone that is strong but you know what come to my mind I was I was studying that and I was like you know I'm sure the ladies in here want want a man not only is a godly man but they want a man that is powerful secure and well built ladies okay okay so we want who we want that powerful secure someone that's strong especially in the word of God because we know that heaven and earth will pass away but not the word of God. For example, I think of as a manager or a supervisor how that oftentimes we're looking for those who are strong um, in, in the primary skills that, that are required to do a job. We look for those with experience and that have a good job history. We look for those that can explain how they will be a team player because we need team players. And that we look for those that have long-term goals set as well as short-term goals. And we try to look for someone who will, why? Because we want that person to be a benefit to our organization, to our country, to our company. So that's why we need those strong people. A person that meets those qualifications will be productive and will cause the company to grow and will be the problem solver that is needed. We need problem solvers so that the company will continue to be on top or move to the top. Further, they can strengthen the company. A strong person can strengthen the company so that it can provide better benefits, resources, and services to others. So that's why we need strong. And how many know that we need a strong pastor. Our pastor has to be strong. A pastor has to be strong. Now, the world understands that to be strong is powerful. 
And yet they choose not to follow the one that has all power and authority. And we know who that is. We see the uproar that's in the world. We see the chaos that may be going on around us. But, you know, the world, you know, chooses not to follow Christ. They, they want order. They want things in order. They want things a certain way. They want good employees. They want productive employees. But they don't want Christ. All of his principles, they want that. We, you know, the world wants order. If you even think of our light, a red light system, that's order. If there were not red lights, what in the world? What in the world? And even now we still have crashes. But the world seeks order, but they don't want the order of Jesus Christ in their lives. So they want things around them in order, but they don't want their life in order. I want to be able to be that free moral agent and do what I want to do. And guess what? They have that right. But they are responsible. At the, in the end, when Alpha and Omega calls us all and the notes that he is taking, they, we are responsible for their behavior. We all are. So the word of God. We have to have it. The world doesn't want it, but we have the word of God. And we know that the word of God is valuable. It's a valuable tool that we can rely on that God has given specifically to, he has given it to our pastors. He's given it to our leaders. He's given it to us all. But God has special assignments for pastors. Three qualities of a good pastor who is feeding God's people. Number one, he needs to have the mind of God. But we know what it says in Jeremiah 3 and 15. And I will give you shepherds, Jeremiah 3, 15. And I will, this is God, give you shepherds. He could have said, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. But he said, and you can't leave out any part, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. So the, our shepherds have the heart of God, and, they, and God feeds them, pours into them, so that they can pour into us and feed us and help us through crises that arise in our lives and to help us to reach miracles that we need to happen in our families and to help us to be delivered and walk this race, walk this walk, live before Christ. He, he needs his word to get to us. Yes, the Bible is full of the word, but sometimes we have to have a teacher. Hallelujah. We thank God for our pastor. Number two, we have to, he should have the will of God. It can't be his will. And we have a lot of pastors that may be that way. Not that his will. It's not Pastor Dobbs' will. It is. It has to be the will of God. Pastor Dobbs has to line up with the word of God. He has to line up with truth. He has to line up with the instructions he is giving him. And that's why the God said, don't look at the faces of man. Because sometimes I'm sure he gives instructions and people may be wondering, why, why this way? There's many minds in here. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has, I know I put my opinion, opinion in a lot of times and I may not need to, so help me, Lord. But we all have an opinion about things, but we have to follow the, and he has to follow the instructions. We all do that God gives us and he gives us, our God gives us instructions through our pastor. Number three, 
understanding. He's one that has to have understanding. So he can't lean onto his own understanding. If God gives him a topic and a subject for him to teach in this ministry, he has to get the understanding for, from God. Of, okay, what, when you want me to do it? How do you want me to do it? What do you want me to say? What is the scripture you want me to use? And what example do you want me to use? Because there are souls, so many souls in here, and there's a word for each of us. So he has to know how God wants things to be done. Those are qualities of a good pastor who is feeding God's people. In the 21st verse, it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again, so if you look at the beginning of Mark, the first, fifth chapter, he had had an encounter with a, a man who was had legions, had demons that was walking in, was amongst the graves, living amongst the graves and was out of control. This is his greeting, praise God. This was his greeting. And so as a leader, pastors oftentimes will be met with things that may seem impossible. Impossible things may be right before them. Uh, To a a mere mortal, they're like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that. But instead, our Heavenly Father had to confront or he 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 met this man and he had to deal with the issue that the man had. Why? Because he came to save those that were lost. So he came to bring deliverance, hallelujah. Our souls need deliverance. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And here we have Jairus begging Jesus, we and he was walking in a crowd, and I can imagine that there were people, so many people calling him, Jesus, 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 because there was a crowd around him, and so they knew who he was. They knew the miracles he had done. They knew he was the answer to their situation, whatever they were dealing with. And so Jairus came and fell before the king. So as a as a pastor and a leader, I can imagine that there's so many voices Pastor Dobbs may hear, so many Many things that that may be coming at him that may not necessarily that it could cause confusion in him not knowing what he needs to do. That's why he has to stay in close contact with Jesus Christ. That's why he, why he has to stay connected with Jesus Christ. No matter what we are doing, he has to stay connected to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has to have a word for God's people, and he takes his assignment seriously. So. He, I can imagine, there was people everywhere thronging him from all around. And, and, and that he, he, he was hearing things and people falling before him and pulling on him and touching him and just trying to get his attention. But he remained focused for a moment on what Jerry said. He was on his way one way. I can imagine that pastors can be on their way doing, doing something for the Lord. But then there's another urgent matter that may come before them. So then they have to attend to that matter as well. As God leads them. I can imagine. Placed in the midst of situations that may seem impossible. That's a pastor. That's a leader. Placed in the midst of impossible. And they're saying, that's not impossible. With God, don't you know all things are possible? I know what the doctor might have said. But don't you know all things are possible? Go back to the word of God. And remember, he said, be strong. Be of good courage. Don't you know all things are possible with me? So a pastor has to encourage 
us in the word of God so that we can go on. If he was a pastor that couldn't, it wouldn't encourage us, where would we be? Hallelujah. Fighting in your body, you go to your pastor. I don't know what you... Oh, I hope, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but we need an encourager. That's why God, he gives us pastors after his own heart. So we thank God, hallelujah, for our pastor. Pastors often need to deal with, again, multiple hope, seemingly hopeless situations. And, you know, if you're not there and you're not standing in that place, we can, we can sit back and be judgmental of why he doing that. I wonder about that. How come he doing that? But you just have to know that when God gives you something to do, you cannot look at the faces of man. If God told you to do, you better do what the Lord has instructed you to do because you, the person you're going to answer to is Jesus. It's our God. It's not going to be to that person. That's wondering. So Jesus, on his way to restore a situation, confronted by another major situation, but he took the time to show a valuable lesson. He wanted us to know, even the ones that were standing before, even though the crowd was big and everyone wanted his attention because every situation was very important. Everyone was crying out. That was the only hope that had. Let's say they all had been going from doctor to doctor. Let's say they all had sick and dying children. Let's say they all had had children that were possessed by legions. They were crying out, help me. Let's say they had leprosy. Whatever the condition was, they all were demanding. Demanding his attention. And he said, I got to show y'all. Woman. And he, he talked to the woman, spoke and asked the woman, who, who touched? That's who touched me. Hallelujah. To show that you can touch me. You can touch God. You can touch God if you, through your prayers, you can touch God. Through fasting, you can touch God. Through seeking him diligently. And he will answer your prayer. You don't have to, we, we have to have a leader, hallelujah, that will give us the word of God and just know that you can touch pastor. You can touch him even as, as Sierra mentioned, she said, lift up your prayers right now. Whatever prayers, whatever needs you have. And when God brings forth the word through the man of God, God, he can, he can answer your question. He can give you the answer. He can give you the word that you need. At a, at a right now time. So we thank God. Thank God for powerful pastors. Pastors that have the heart and the power. They have wisdom. Striving to be better. Preaching what, that better is here and better is coming. Still surrounded by the doubters. Because if the others believed and if the others knew, they would have reached out and got their answer as the woman with the issue of blood. She had, everyone has different levels of faith. So she had the faith to believe that if I reach out and touch his garment, I'm, I'm going to be healed. And she was. So there, there he is, a pastors surrounded by doubters, things that may be coming at the mind, attacking their thoughts, attacking their family, attacking their children. Nonetheless, for the prophet of God's people, a strong pastor will continue to feed God's people. Even though he may be afraid, do, do, the, this Lord said, I got an answer for that. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Death may be at the door. Do not be afraid. Only believe. I don't know what more I can do, God. Do not be afraid. Only believe. The encouragement that comes from our God and from our leaders. 
There are often pastors often bearing loads that may seem impossible for others to carry, but God strengthens them to handle situations that require a supernatural connection with God. We have a pastor who is diligent and that God has strengthened for the work at hand. It takes a strong pastor to remain to remain strong and steadfast while dealing with situations that God only has the solution. Believing God and continuing to fight for others while dealing with storms in their own life. Just know we need to be connected to strong believers as Christians so that we can be a help to our pastor and just know that we, our shepherd must be strong. Our shepherd must be strong for the work ahead. Hallelujah. Give God some glory. Let's going to continue on as what Pastor Dobbs started off teaching us about uh, last Sunday. I need to be connected to strong believers. And the subtopic which he gave me is connection matters. So I will be coming out of Mark 5, verse 35 through 36. That's Mark 5, verse 35 through 36. And it reads, While he was still speaking, Some came from the ruler of the synagogue house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Okay. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue house who said, So can you imagine you at the right place at the right time? Jesus is speaking and you get an interruption. And they said, that means they spoke. Your daughter is dead. See, they came speaking the problem, and Jesus was the solution. They interrupted his solution by them speaking the problem. How many of you know the power of our words? See, they came from the synagogue. You know the the ruler of the synagogue house. So they was religious people, but yet they were speaking the problem. See, we can be around, we can have unbelieving people in our midst. Even in the church. You know, we can be around people speaking the problem. We can be around people speaking the problem. But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. See, Jesus interrupted the speaking of the problem and put his mind back on the solution. He was feeding his faith 
So we as strong believers, we need to be first responders to the word of God. See, first responders, when they get there, they're there to help. So we need to be first responders as believers. We don't need to come. Whatever it is, we need to show up and be a help, not a hindrance. We don't need to be speaking death. See, life and death is in the power of our tongue. So it's how we respond. We have to be careful how we respond. So we need to be first responders, speaking the word of God. So, um, like I said, my subtopic is connection matters. Connection matters. And the word connect means joined together by some shared interest, religion, hobby, or etc. So for us to be connected, we should have something in common. Maybe you like to eat. I like to eat. You love the word. I love the word. You like sports. I like sports. Something has got to connect us. If we're not connected in some kind of way, we're going to be disconnected. So we need to be connected as strong believers. Believers, one who believe in our omniscient, all-knowing God, he knows everything. How I many of you know our God knows everything? He has unlimited knowledge. For us to be strong believers, we got to be connected to our omnipotent God. We must be connected to what our pastor is teaching us. So we got to have strong connections because connections matter. So we really need to be connected to the word of God, to the man of God, so we can fully understand that what we connect to it does matter. A connection can cause us to flourish, or our connection can cause us to wither. So God gave me two points to talk about. One is flourish. Grow, develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. So... To flourish, you got to be in the right environment. A person, place, or thing is not a solo event. Plants need rain or someone to give them water. They need sun. They need good soil. The surroundings are conditions in which a person lives or operates. That's our environment. Just like in the book, just like over in Mark 5, 35 and 36, it was talking about um, where um, Jesus had to put some people out because the atmosphere was wrong. So sometimes we have to change our atmosphere, our environment. We need good environment if you want to flourish If you want to flourish, you need favorable environment. 
people, people need to be saved. People need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need wisdom. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We need to be connected to other strong believers. It often takes many different connections to be strong and flourish. See, that's that's not a solo event. That's multiple things connecting the dots to make you become stronger and flourish. And God wants his people to flourish. He tells us that in the book of John, John 10 and 10. You can turn there, but I'm just going to, you know, kind of quote it. For we know that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. So that's a flourishing life. He wants us to have wholeness. He wants us to have peace. So that is living a flourishing life. So we need to be around people that can help us flourish. You know, our answers and our solutions are here in the sanctuary. So we need to come into the sanctuary and be around other believers that can encourage us, that can strengthen us. Because how many of you know that daily life in itself can drain you? So we need people to pour back into us. We need to pour into ourselves. You know, we need to set aside time to spend with the Lord, preferably in the morning before we start our day. But definitely sometime during the day, we need to replenish ourselves. We need to be stirred back up. We need to be, how many of you know, most of us not going to go all day without eating. So how much more is it for us to have spiritual food to feed us because we have to be fed because if not we might end up on the other side which is my next word is to wither the opposite of flourish is to wither and that's to dry up cease decay decline Wilt, droop, shrivel up, shrink. And that's just a few. So people not strong in their faith can cause you to have those side effects. I mean, you know, those are side effects. If you hanging around people that cause you to dry up, cease, decay, Decline, wilt, droop, shrivel up, side effects. So we don't want to be surrounded by people that's giving us side effects. How many of you know when you take medicine, do you want those side effects? Do you want nausea? Do you want a headache? Do you want stomach cramps or whatever it is? No. I mean, you're taking the medicine to get help. You want to flourish. You want to feel better. 
But oftentimes we know that medicine comes with side effects. That those side effects sometimes it will cause us to shrivel up if we're not careful. You know, because sometimes those side effects you'd be like, Oh, I'd rather keep what I'm dealing with than deal with some of these side effects. You'd be like, No, thank you. So but definitely we need to be around people that cause us to flourish and not to shrivel up, but we need to be around strong believers, such as our pastor. Because, you know, when situations arise in our life, we need people speaking solutions. Like I said, you don't need nobody to help you have a pity party. You can have a pity party all by yourself. We need somebody to say, okay, You've been going through this for a minute. I'll let you, you know, have your moment, but it's time to rise up. It's time to move forward. It's time to turn your mind from the problem to the solution. So we need to be more focused on Jesus. That's where we get off course. That's where we start to wither when we take our minds off our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we take our mind off the spoken word that Pastor Doug gives us, if we just can hang on to what he said in this word, be not afraid. I had to quote that to myself this morning, right before I came up. Be not afraid. (laughs) Only believe. How many, you know, just words, the word of God, it is medicine in itself. It can cause you to come to life. But we got to meditate on it. We got to take it. Just like in the natural, you got to take something to feel better sometimes. You got to take the word of God to cause you to feel better. I know many times I had to turn to the word of God when I was feeling some kind of way. And once you start meditating on that word, next thing you know, you know you strutting around, you you feeling better, you you back on track. Because the word of God is alive. We serve a living God. Hallelujah. Our God is not dead. He is alive. And we celebrate him. Hallelujah. Oh, he will cause us to flourish. Hallelujah. If we let this mind be in us that is also in Christ Jesus, we can flourish. We don't have to sit here and perish. We're not powerless. We just need to be connected to our Heavenly Father first and foremost. Connected to our pastor. Connected to a good, strong church connected to strong believers connected to our brothers and sisters you know if you're feeling some kind of way i should be able to call my sister senior minister harris and she should have a word a strong word (laughs) to encourage me to strengthen me 
So thank God for strong believers. I mean, we can't take these things for granted. Or we shouldn't take these things for granted. Because as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be able to encourage, we should be able to strengthen. Because the word of God is not just for us. It's for us to use this word to disciple others. So we got to grow up. We got to mature. If not, we all still be bathed in Christ. What a strong believer that. Pastor needs some help. First lady needs some help. Everybody can't still have the pacifier. Hallelujah. Connections. Connected to the right people. Hallelujah. As I was saying earlier, take many things to get plants and stuff to produce. Take many resources. But we know our ultimate source is the Lord Jesus Christ because we know that every good and perfect thing come from above. So we're so thankful for being in the right environment on today. Having the right atmosphere on today. Hallelujah. I know that today, you know, somebody is flourishing. Hallelujah. We know that the devil is a lie. We will not wither. We will not dry up. But we will grow. We will develop. Hallelujah. So we we just need people in our life that can help us. Because I remember I had a time when I had like a J. Iris situation. It's when um, Nadja got hit by a car that time. So how many of you know I need a strong believer? And Pastor Dodd was that strong believer during that time. And I remember him just saying some words. When he came to the hospital, how many of you know, you know, you need strong believers that come in, they stable, they come, they speak in the word only. So Pastor Dodd came in, he seen Nadja. He said, you got the victory. Just like that. You got the victory because we just turned in victory last Sunday. So that word was so common. You got the victory. It don't take much sometimes. Just a good, solid, strong word of encouragement. You got the victory. So in my closing... We need to be connected to strong believers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I tell you, something about going last, you be don't hurt just about it, right? 
Amen, amen, amen. And it's okay because it's okay to get a refresher and to hear it again. That way it's going to stick in our DNA. We can't say that we didn't we didn't get that word on today because y'all going to hear that word on today. And some of it going to be that same word. Amen. So just knowing that Pastor Dog set the atmosphere last Sunday and he was talking about I need to be connected to strong believers. And how many of you know we got to be connected to strong believers? Amen. It's not it's nothing like being connected with strong believers because how many of you know, like they said before, we need help. We need to be strong. We need to be connected to strong believers. We need to hear a word from our strong shepherd. We need to have ministers. We need to have people in our lives that's speaking the word, that's teaching the word and believing in the word. Amen. We need to be connected with strong believers. How many of you know I don't need no weak jelly back in my life? I don't need my husband to be a weak jelly back. Amen. I need strong believers in my life. If I'm going through a situation, I need to be able to go to some strong people and know that they got a word for me that's going to cause me to come up out of that situation. Amen. If I'm going through, I don't need you to go through with me. Amen. I need you to go and support me. You know what? But I'm going to need you to say, look, sister, you can make it. It's going to be all right. What the word says, we need that reminder. Amen. Sometimes when we going through, we may not be able to nothing but do but to call on Jesus. But I know why I'm calling on Jesus. Somebody else calling on him with me. Amen. So it's good to be connected with strong believers. Amen. So we're going to continue in that same lane. You know what? And it's talking about. I need to be connected to a strong believer in the scripture references that pastor used that you've heard from each minister is coming out of Mark 5 and 35 and 36. So I'm just going to read that again. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any farther? Why trouble the teacher any farther? As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. How many of you know we got to believe? Amen. We can't be afraid. We got to believe. We got to trust in God's word. Amen. And my subtopic is talking about connected or rejected. Are you going to be connected or are you going to be rejected? Amen. So it's important to know that you got a good connection. It's important to know that we got a good relationship with our shepherd or you know what? You may be rejected and not necessarily saying always a rejection is a bad thing because sometimes we can get rejected and it's a good thing because sometimes we may not need to be in this situation and you get rejected. That's all right. You're like, well, I'm so glad I didn't get that job. Oh, I didn't. So I'm so glad I didn't get that. You know, ooh, I'm so glad they told me no. Oh, I'm so glad Pastor didn't choose me at this moment because, woo, 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 you know, woo, yeah. So how many of you know a good connection is, is, is very important? Like Sister Smith said, it matters. But how many of you know you can be connected or rejected? And sometimes you're going to have to reject some people. Sometimes you're going to reject some people out of your lives that speak in negative. They come to kill what God has placed in you. They come to steal that joy. They come to steal your peace. They got to go. They got to go. So we, we, know, we know you've heard the background. We've talked about how Jesus was performing miracles all over the place. He had cast out demons and how he was healing and, and how he was going about working all kind of miracles and performing all kind of miracles. And then we had Jairus, and we look at it in the Bible. We was in Mark, and uh, we was in the fifth chapter. 
and we are reading from the 35th and the 36th verse. And um, while Jesus was performing these miracles, um, here comes Jairus, and he fell to Jesus' feet, and he was he was telling Jesus, you know, my daughter is at point of death. You know, I need you to come come to my house. I need you to lay hands on her because I know she's gonna be healed. She's gonna be healed. She's gonna be made whole. And as we as as we read on, you know how Minister Marty talked about it. You know why? Even during that time, what was going on? They, you know, people come and they give you bad news. Jesus, he was going. He was he was headed to Jairus' house, but on his way, you know, you know a good pastor gonna take care of his people. He's not just going to walk over us just because something else going on or just because he's headed somewhere else. He might be like, you know what? Okay, while I'm going this way, I still got a a work to do. I still got to see about my people. I I know some things going on, but a good pastor, a good connection, he's going to know that there's other things going on. So yet while he was headed to Jerry's house, a woman with an issue of blood, like Minister Martin said, she, 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 she heard about Jesus performing these things and she said, I know where to go. I know what I need to do. I know I have enough faith to believe if I can only touch the hem of his garment, he ain't got to lay his hands on me. All I got to do is just get close enough to to touch the hem of his garment. I know I'm going to be made whole. How many of you know that's a connection right there? Just to know that if I can get close enough to the man of God, Pastor Donald ain't got to lay his hands on me. He can just speak a word. He can, if I can just touch his jacket, if I can just, the coattail, you know, if I can just grab a hold to his pants, I know I'm going to be made whole. Hallelujah. That's the kind of faith we got to have in our, in our leader, in our man of God, in our, in our, in our Jesus. Amen. And how many of you know that, like Minister Martin said in Jeremiah 3 and 15, God gave us pastors out of his own heart that's going to feed us with knowledge and understanding. And if he's feeding us with knowledge and understanding, we got to have enough faith in us to believe what the man of God is proclamating in our life, what he's speaking in our life. If he says, God told me to tell you you're going to be healed, I'm going to be healed. If he told me to tell you your finances is going to be blessed, my finances is going to be blessed. If he told me to tell me this is only a test that you're going through, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. How many of you know we got to do X, Y, and Z? I got to stay connected because I don't want to be rejected. Because if he come to me and say, did you do what I told you to do? And if I say no, he's going to reject. Reject. You didn't get it because you didn't do what I told you to do. And Jesus understood that because he had 12 disciples following him. He had a multitude of people following him. But when it came down to him to go where he had to go, he only took three. And if you read on, it says, and after Jesus told Jairus, he says, do not be afraid, only believe. In verse 37, it says, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then he came into the house of the ruler of the Saigon, and all of this commotion was going on. All of this was going on. But, you know, he didn't take all of his, 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 his disciples with him. He only took certain ones with him. Hmm. Wonder why. Could it be he knew they wasn't ready? Could, you, could, could it be sometimes when you think you should be going somewhere or you should be minister or you should be speaking and possibly like, mm, you, you ain't quite ready. You, you ain't ready. I, I, I can't send y'all out. Because I know some stuff might happen if I send this crew out. You know, so you might not just be ready. But he knew who he needed to take with him. He knew, he said, I'm only going to allow 
these three to go with me. That's going to be Peter, that's going to be James, and that's going to be John. Amen. And it says, and when he got to the house, he said he heard all of this crying and all this weeping and all this commotion going on. And Jesus said, why is this all going on? The child is just dead. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And in verse 40, how many of you know, some of them start laughing like, yeah, that man crazy. That child dead. As in dead, dead. They ridiculed him. But when he put them out, get out. I'm going to need y'all to go outside. Reject it. See, because they weren't ready. They didn't understand because they said the child was dead. All they know the child is dead. So when you see somebody and they say they dead, you be like, they dead. But if Jesus come and say, this child ain't dead, she just sleeping. You be like, what's wrong with Jesus? They don't know their child dead. I know Jesus knows this child dead. He's like, get out. Have you ever been around people who speak in negative? You over there talking about, oh, yeah, we can do this, y'all. We got this. They're like, we ain't going nowhere. What, you see what we got? Y'all see what kind of money in the account? Y'all reject it. I'm going to need you to go. I call them negative Nelly at work. They come. Time we get to work. Man, you see that volume? We ain't going nowhere. We're going to be here for three. We're going to have to work overtime. I'm, reject. I can't hear. I can't handle this anymore. I'm just not clocking in. Dude. Could you let me get to my desk? Before you start reject, I'm gonna need you to go day. I'm, I'm, I say I'm going home day. I ain't staying here doing all the work. We're gonna get these trailers down. We ain't gonna be doing all this overtime. We, got, we, but we got a hundred and fifty trailers on the yard. And they said if we don't get it under there, we're gonna be mandatory. Reject it. I'm saying I'm gonna need we to speak positive, y'all. We're getting out of here. We're gonna do this thing today. We're gonna get these 30 unloads today. Y'all gonna have to help us with that. You know what I'm saying? So they was, they was in there talking. This child did. He's like, mm-mm, I'm going to need them to go. Reject. Connected or rejected. You got to make up in your mind which one you're going to be. If you're going to be connected to the right sources, you're going to be connected to the man of God, you're going to be connected to your shepherd, you're going to be connected with that word that he's speaking, are you going to speak something contrary to what the God has said? Are you going to speak contrary to, to what the house vision is? Are you going to be speaking something that bishop and first lady or uh, the connection of churches, we're speaking one thing and you're speaking something negative or different? That's a reject. Reject it. But we're going to be connected and not rejected. So, you know, and Jesus, he laid hands on the child. He spoke to the child, and she got up, and and, and he said, don't tell nobody, just let the child eat. You know what's going on. But then if you go on into the story, and you read on down, and you flip over into Acts 9 and 36. Let's go there. Acts, the ninth chapter. And we're going to start at the 36th verse. Now, you got to know who in your midst, and you got to know who's capable of doing what. And a good pastor knows that. He's not going to send his children out untrained, unprepared, ignorant to the word. He's going to know, like, no, you need to stay at home and get a little more teaching. Or either he's going to say, you ready. I know you got it in you. I know you can do it. I know you got that. You, you, you've taken the under You've done what I've asked you to do, and I know that you're ready. And how many of you know a good parent, they ain't going to let that child just sit in the nest. If you think about a bird uh, and, and their babies, once that bird, you know, they keep them in the nest for so long. They go get the worms. They feed it. They put them in their little mouth. And after a while, they be like, get out of here. Push them out the nest. 
Either they're going to fly or they're going to hit the ground. Boop. Connected or rejected. But how many of you know when that mom, mama bird know that bird is ready and they push that baby out of the nest, that baby can fly. That baby can soar. That baby has a good connection. That baby has taken in all the training that that parent or that mama bird has given them. And they've learned and they've grown and they've flourished and they've moved on. Amen. So in Acts 9 and 36, it's going to be dealing with darkest restored to life. So this is another situation. In Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which translated darkest. The woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she had did. But it happened in the days that she became sick and died. And this is another death we're dealing with. When they had heard, when they had washed her and laid her in the upper room, and since Lydia is near to Joppa, and the disciple had heard that Peter was there, they sent the two men to him, applying for him to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had came, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing him tunics and garments, which Darker had made while she was with them. So, like Pastor talked about, he's like, you know what, they trying to talk about her works and all this stuff she done did, and, you know, they crying and weeping, and Peter told them, he looked at him and like, get out. Another put out. Another put out, because you gotta have faith, you gotta believe, and he already know they, they up here crying, they up here wailing, they up here sharing stories, they showing her work and all this. You like, sometimes you can't get nothing accomplished when you got a lot of commotion going on. You gotta kick some people out so you can focus, so you can think, so you can do the task at hand that God has called you to do. So sometimes you gotta clean house, you gotta get rid of those people who holding you back, who don't mean no good, who don't have your best interests at heart, it's some friends you gonna have to let go if some loved ones you might be like uh uh-uh, don't come to my house you got to go because when you come up in here you don't do that but stir up a lot of stuff a lot of chaos they like drama you're gonna have to say look you you rejected you got to go because i got a work to do and i can't do it with all this commotion going on all this crying i ain't saying you can't come back later on but right now you got to go you know how sometimes you have some people and it's time to go you like you ain't got to go home but you got to get up out of here that's how you got to do sometimes. You're like, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Because I got some stuff I got to do. I got to perform some miracles. I know, and I got to have people who have the same thought, who have the same process, who going in the same, who going in the same lane, who got the same goals and the same, you know, you got to have people who's connected, like Minister Smith said. We got to have the same thing in common. We got to have some things in common. Or we ain't going to get along. You can't be unequally yoked. You can't have what darkness have to do with light. Because when you turn on the light, darkness got to go. Can't be standing around there. Do oil mixed with water? No, I don't. You're going to see that separation. So you know what? You got to get. You got to know when you got a clean house. And they're like, look, go outside. He said, get out of here. Y'all got to go. Ain't nobody coming up here but mom and dad. The, the, the parents who understood. And Peter said, he said, put them out. But Pastor Dawson said, now where did he get that from? His teacher, Jesus, because you know Jesus had put some people out. Yeah, he had told him, you got to get out of here and go. 
Yeah, so sometimes it's, go, it's okay to get rid of some people. We need to get rid of some people. We need to reject some things out of our lives. We need to reject those things that don't mean us no good. And then we need to stay connected with things that matter. We got to have a good connection with people who are on the same page, going the same place we trying to go. They may make some mistakes along the way, but they still connect to you. They understood. They're like, okay, I get what you're saying, so next time I know better. So I'm, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to speak in what you're speaking, and I'm going to be doing what you're doing. And so... That's one thing we got to know. We got to know if we're going to be connected or we're going to be rejected. I think about sometimes when you got a battery in your car. Sometimes it may be a weak connection in that battery. And let me tell you, it may be because you left the lights on and you killed that battery. Simple as that. And then you need a jump off. You need somebody who got some more power, some more juice than what you got because you ain't going nowhere because you don't left your batteries on. So you need a jump off. So, you know, so you come and you get a jump off because that jump off is strong, you know, and it, it, it boosts you. But sometimes you may get a car that's got a little weaker battery too and that ain't no good neither. You be like, turn over, be like, turn over, be like, and then you go get the big boy. You like, let me go get that truck over here. And they're like, hit it. Boom. They're like, just like that. That's when you know you got a good connection because not only did that car jump you off, but it got that power and you turned your little car on, you drove it for a while and that connection was good. You stopped at the store, you cut it off and you crunk right back up. You had that good connection. And that's what happens sometimes in life. We go through situations and circumstances that may cause us to be weak in our lives, that may cause us to disconnect. But how many of you know when you're around good people and you got a good connection, you can get plugged up with your pastor and get a word in your life that's going to cause you to be better. You can get that connection in your life and say, I just need a little jump off. I just need a word that's going to encourage me. I just need that minister who knows how to say, girl, let me give you a jump off. Let me speak life over you and not death. Let me just hook up with you and that dead battery come back to life. How many of you know, but sometimes it may just be a dead sale and they got to go. That battery ain't no good. You can jump it off. You can put water in it. You can do whatever that thing is dead. Ain't nothing, ain't no turning, ain't nothing going on. But I'm encouraging you on today to know that you got to have a good connection. But a pastor knows that. A good pastor, and you got a good connection with your pastor, don't let situations and circumstance and people in your life speak death over you. Stay connected or get rejected. I choose to stay connected. And I'm going to end it with this. It's like Gideon in the, in the, in the Bible. You know what, how God had chosen them and said, you know what, you're going to set Israel free. I'm going to use you to get them free from the Midianites. And he said, but get them like me? Me, Lord? And he's like, yeah, you. Show me a sign, Gideon said. He did that food off and it burnt up. And God, he started with an army of 33,000. But God was saying, you know what? You got too many people around you. These people ain't going to be no good. So he said, let's weed out these ones. Let's get rid of these rejects. So, you know, like, who all scared and don't want to go? You can go back home. How many of you know 22,000 times I'm finna go? Reject. They were scared. You don't need no scared people in the army with you, honey. Them, them, you turn around, they gone. You th- you talking stuff like, yeah, we got it. We got it. You, my, my crew, my posse got you. You look bad. Them, they gone. So you have to weed them out. And then it was like only 10,000. And then he said, that's still too many. So God don't have to have a whole lot of people to get nothing done. He can use whoever he wants to. So he said, 10,000. He said, well, let's take them to the brook and, and have them kneel down and, and lap out of the, the brook like a dog. 
ain't lapping out of no brook like no dog. I need a cup. That ain't me. I'm too cool to be lapping and slapping in the water and go on. He said, well, you know what? If they don't want to do it, get rid of them. Reject. But how many of you know you're going to have people that's going to have your back? When all was said and done, 300. 300. You can win the battle with 300. You can win the battle with two. You can win the battle with one. It don't matter as long as you know who got your back. Connected or rejected. And that's what I want you to know. Stay connected and don't be rejected. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.